Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to the Boss Up Podcast, episode 273. This election season, especially, we have seen a lot of interruption on the debate stage. And I know it is not only infuriating and a little bit embarrassing to watch grown men constantly, chronically interrupting others, and it's super triggering. For anyone who has ever worked for a chronic interrupter to tune into the debates this year, not that there have been that many, but to just witness someone belittling and chronically interrupting others can bring back troubling and triggering memories of working for someone who does the same. Now, I work with leaders, both emerging leaders and rising leaders in our Level Up program, and I can tell you none of the leaders I work with ever want to come across that way. Most folks in positions of power and authority aren't maliciously intending to constantly interrupt others. But I can speak from experience, it's an easy, bad habit to fall into if you're excitable, if you are one who's prone to talking like myself, if you've got ideas to share and you want to jump right in, it's hard to sit on your hands and shut your mouth and listen actively. So kind of taking that charitable approach, today I want to talk about how to deal with someone who's a chronic interrupter at work. Not everybody is innocuous in their lack of bad intentions. Some people are very openly not caring about interrupting others. So if you are working with someone who you notice, whether they're in a position of leadership or not, continuously interrupts others. Here are three ways to deal with them, starting from a place of assuming relatively decent intentions, right? Assuming you're not working with a sociopath or a narcissist, which actually we talked about on my podcast back in the day with Lena Durhali on episode 20 called Surviving a Toxic Workplace. She and I talked a little bit about why so many narcissists get into positions of power. That might be worth checking out. But assuming you're dealing with someone who has a reasonable approach and is not a total lunatic, here are three ways I would recommend dealing with a chronic interrupter. And this comes right out of our Speak Up program, by the way, our Speak Up eight-week intensive training program for women who want to own their voice like a boss. So if you like what you hear here, Take a look at Speak Up. It's a great way to work directly with me and a cohort of incredible women who all are working on polishing their speaking skills together. Tip number one is about calling them in. Call in the chronic interrupter by taking them aside one-on-one, maybe before an upcoming meeting or after a meeting, 
and bring this troubling observation to their attention. Now, in episode 167, I talk about the difference between calling in and calling out, and that's a difference we're going to talk further about today. But when calling someone in, it's always good to lead with your intention and preferably lead with a collective intention like, hey, Emily, I've noticed that you really care about creating an inclusive workspace and you really want to hear the ideas from everyone on the team. So I wanted to bring this to your attention because I've noticed lately that maybe it's just a matter of being excited about chiming in or just an unconscious habit, but you seem to be constantly interrupting our more junior staff members. And I I know for a fact that it's starting to really make them feel unheard and disrespected. I'm, I'm sure that's not your intention, but I wanted to bring that to your awareness just so, you know, if there's any way I can help curb that habit, I'm, I'm here to help. But what do you think? And by bringing it up in that way, you're doing a few things there. One, you're leading with collective intention and the assumption that this person really cares about the values that they say they care about. Like, I know as a leader, you care about creating an inclusive workspace where all voices are heard. You're immediately disarming them by saying, I know you have good intentions. Then two, you're making observations. You're saying, here's what I keep seeing. Here's what I keep hearing. And here is how those actions are manifesting in other people's feelings. Now, I know it's hard to speak up on someone else's behalf by making assumptions about how they're feeling, but it's sometimes worth it. Sometimes you got to make an assumption and speak up on someone else's behalf to say, I I can see that people are getting disengaged or getting frustrated by that, and I feel like it's manifesting in this emotional response in the team. And then offering allyship. You're saying to them, how can I help you curb this habit? And to take that even one step further, I would almost level with them and say, I struggled with this myself. Here are some ways that I've curbed my interrupting habit, and here's how I've worked on my active listening. Now, this is not guaranteed to go over well, but those are tips to help make it more likely to go over well. And hopefully you've got a boss who, even if they don't respond perfectly or pleasantly in real time in that moment, it sticks with them and it makes them think. And it hopefully calls their attention to a troubling habit that they can begin to change. If they seem open to it, right, if you raise this awareness for them and then they say, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on how I can be better here, then that's the beginning of a longer conversation about strategies and tactics and really offering support and allyship to make them better able to live up to their values. Now, you'll notice it's a lot easier to do this when you're saying, hey, you keep interrupting other people. (laughs) It's a lot harder to say, hey, you keep interrupting me. But the same exact formula can be applied in that regard as well. It's definitely harder to come across as not resentful and self-interested if you're speaking up on only your behalf. But it's still possible, right? You can still say, hey, I know you really want to hear from everybody in the room, but I've noticed that whenever we're in front of clients, you constantly talk over me. And I know this isn't your intention. I'm sure you're just excited. But whenever I get interrupted, it really feels like I'm losing respect in the eyes of the client because whether or not that's your intention, 
I, I'm not being heard. I'm not being able to finish my sentences before you jump in. How can we work on that together? Again, you're pointing out a collective intention. You're pointing to an observation and the the perceived impact that you see that that habit having on you and on the client and on your whole company's reputation and perception. All right, tip number two, if that doesn't work or if you can't call them in for any reason, call them out in real time. That looks like in the middle of a meeting, if you're getting interrupted, we saw Kamala Harris demonstrate this beautifully on her VP debate stage with Mike Pence when she said, excuse me, I'm speaking or let me finish. You can always go that route. It's a little more assertive for sure. You can even go as far as to say, hey, you've interrupted me. If you'll allow me to finish, I was just about to go there. Those are all very assertive ways to call an interrupter out in real time. Slightly more passive approach might be to just keep talking. (laughs) Veronica Ruckert, who is the author of Outspoken, a great book about women and, and speaking, calls that the game of boardroom chicken, right? Just keep talking and wait for one of them to back down. And that can be a little bit more passive aggressive, but still does the trick. Milder ways of calling them out is to say, you know what, John, that's a great point. I was just getting there. Let me finish. Or you know what, that's a great idea. Let's sidebar that. Let's put that in the parking lot for later. I want to just wrap up with this point. I don't like the self-deprecating approach to, okay, I must be going on too long. Let me hand it over. But that's one tip that's out there too. I'm not a big fan of that. I honestly recommend saying, I'm not quite finished yet. Let me let me get to that in a moment. The point here I'm trying to make is, and then get back to your attention. Whenever that's happening, don't give the interrupter too much airtime or too much eye time. Meaning we don't want to acknowledge the interruption verbally for too long. And we don't want to look at the interrupter even for more than a second. Because the minute your eyes go to the interrupter, you've essentially handed them the floor and everyone else who was watching you and listening to you will then look at whoever you're looking at. So it's really important to not non-verbally hand that person the floor. Now, similarly, it's easier to stand up on behalf of someone else than it is to stand up on your own behalf, especially as women, because that aligns with traditional gender stereotypes around women being caring, kind, and supportive of others. So I just demonstrated all the ways to defend yourself and really hold the floor yourself. But you can also say, hey, John, I'm not sure Jessica was finished making her point yet. Jess, do you want to wrap it up? Or... Ellie, I know Kirby had a really interesting point she was driving towards. I want to make sure she gets that point across. Kirby, what was that piece or what were you saying? You know, you can always help swipe the mic back after it's been swiped away from someone who was speaking. So calling them out in real time is definitely an option. You may have seen the statistics that women are interrupted at twice the rate than men are, which is true. But women are interrupted by women more often than men. So the gender dynamics here are important to keep in mind because some linguists suggest that women's speech is a little more collaborative, and meaning we're constantly interrupting each other or finishing each other's sentences at a higher rate than men. So interruption isn't necessarily bad or malicious, but when it is and when it's disruptive and when it's disrespectful... We want to have the tools in our toolbox to call it out in real time and not just call it in. 
That brings me to tip number three, which is to establish clear communication norms, clear communication norms or rules of the road. So if we're having a brainstorming session to come up with new ideas, I want interruption to be okay. Like collaborative conversation in which we're all piggybacking off of each other and blurting out ideas before they leave our brain is a-okay. If we are giving a client presentation, interruption is way less okay and way more disrespectful in that context. So as a team, you want to be considerate of context. Where and when does interruption happen? Who is being interrupted and who is interrupting and why? What are the power dynamics at play? Some of the norms or rules of the road that can help curb unconscious or unfettered interruption include having an agenda for your meeting. It includes saying at the top of your meeting, I want to hear from everyone today. So we really want to encourage everyone's voice to be heard and interruptions to be kept to a minimum. Literally just saying that, openly, publicly sharing your intention at the top of your meeting is shown to curb interruption and help encourage contributions from everyone across the board. Similarly, having a timekeeper or kind of like a hall monitor, someone put in a position of power who isn't traditionally in a position of power, so not the CEO, not the executive, but nominating or asking someone on the team to serve in the role of timekeeper. So if someone co-ops the entire agenda and goes on a 20-minute tangent about something that was not part of today's agenda, there is a designated person who's there to enforce the rules and say, John, that's a great point. We only have 15 minutes left in the meeting. I want to make sure we get to everything on our agenda, so we have to move on, right? Actually empowering someone to be that figure of authority is really, really key. I always say you can be assertive many times in real time, like you have to assert yourself when you're being interrupted in the middle of a meeting, or you can be assertive once in a very big meta way, like, hey, We need a new rule. We're going to have agendas for every meeting. And that one meta moment of assertiveness then trickles down into creating less need for you to be constantly assertive, for you to be constantly defending yourself. So think about the scale that you can apply this kind of leadership to. How, How can you assert yourself as a leader on a larger scale so that people in general don't have to assert themselves so frequently, so often at every meeting or at every conversation with a chronic interrupter. I hope these help you think like a boss, think like a leader, regardless of your title, regardless of your authority or or position in the organization. Anyone and everyone can create power, can create an opportunity for leveling the playing field by calling interrupters in, calling interrupters out, and proposing, suggesting, creating new communication norms that level the playing field for everyone. Because the result here is that more voices are heard and more diverse voices that are traditionally marginalized are being heard so that your team can make better, more creative, more innovative decisions. And I don't think there's a more important time to focus on this stuff, y'all, because we are all pivoting. We are all navigating the uncertainty of this pandemic still. And even though we're all virtually meeting now, I mean, I could do a whole other podcast on how to make your voice heard virtually, which we also talk about in Speak Up. Um, It's just so much more important than ever that 
we continue to level the new playing field that we're all in right now. All right, if you put these tips and tactics to use in your life, I want to hear about it. I love reading your emails. I love getting your DMs on Instagram and elsewhere and on messages in the Courage community on Facebook. So make sure to tag me at Emily Aries or at BossedUpOrg on social media. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's keep in touch. Let's keep Boston. And let's get out the vote. (laughs) I don't know how many times I can say it. I feel like all the people I know have already voted early. But make sure to turn out your family members, your friends, your loved ones. Volunteer if you have time. This is such a crucial election. And it's time for us to make our voices heard. Thanks for being part of the Boss Up community. Thanks for listening, for sharing, for rating, for reviewing, for subscribing. All right, let's get out there and keep lifting as we climb.